0: Wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to bq and This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you oh once again Thank you so much for joining with us. If you're in your car and maybe you're having a problem with reception due to this being a, a low power FM station why not switch to the Faith FM app on your mobile phone love, you'll love uh, the Faith FM app uh, on uh, on your phone. To get that all you need to do is to go to your favourite uh, app store just do a search for Faith FM Australia. Now don't forget the Australia bit if you don't uh, uh, put Australia in. Uh, what you You'll, uh, uh, what you'll get is the American version and you want the Australian version. So uh, please uh, download, feel free to download the Faith FM Australia app. It is absolutely fantastic. Now look, this week we're uh, looking at the, the subject, the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday uh, we asked the question, what's wrong with me? Why do I always react uh, the way I do? And today we simply ask, uh, what did Christ mean, you must be born again? Today our co-host is uh, Eric Horne. Now Eric uh, ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Thank you, Gary. It's Tuesday again, and and thanks for the welcome, and
1: I'm nice and warm today. What a gorgeous gorgeous day
0: I tell you what Adelaide it's the place to be today I mean outside there it must be a gorgeous uh, 24 degrees I know today uh, at lunchtime I actually took my lunch outside I sat on the uh, uh, on the patio outside and uh, enjoyed my lunch in the Sun it is absolutely one of those days that's to be envied around the world well this is the sort of weather we're
1: looking forward to after a, a pretty cold winter a rainy winter really we've had a lot of rain through the spring as well haven't we yeah yeah no Good. Seasons
0: have certainly, certainly changed. The days are getting longer. This morning I, I was out uh, walking at an abominably dark time since today, like robbery. But, but you know, <laughs> Eric, I, I love listening to the, to the birds. I walk about seven and a half k's and uh, the birds are alive and uh, uh, you can smell spring is in the air. Wonderful, happy to be alive day.
1: Well, if you look at my Facebook uh, um, and the, if you're a friend of mine, you'll see lots of uh, pictures of uh, different coloured birds. That are that from all around the world. I love uh, putting them up because I do have birds at home.
0: That's right, and because so, you are actually that is your hobby, isn't it? You know, you collect yeah. birds. Yes,
1: yeah, we have some at home, and uh, especially the beautiful coloured parrots that they have now. But yeah, and you do like gardening, Gary. I mean, you know, the weeds they they just be getting higher and higher.
0: <laughs> I, I I I love gardening when <laughs> I can actually get time to go out into the garden. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, no, Eric, you, you're dead right. Now, look, Eric, one thing I just love to pick up um, um, the. I'd just like to say a big shout out today to all our volunteers. You know, oh, yeah. Eric, our volunteers in our churches and in clubs, they do such an amazing job, don't they?
1: They do. I mean, you know, up at Birdwood there, um, quite a few of the folks live down on the plains here. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, near the city. That's right. That's right. Um, but up in the hills there, we have some uh, just a few church members. But, you know, the grass is always mowed. Um, things are done that we you kind of just roll up and... Don't realize who's doing what there. Uh, And Elizabeth Church, where we take the Aboriginal folks, I always see people there, you know, uh, particular ones there that uh, they seem to live there almost. And they're doing the work behind the scenes, especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Elizabeth, when they they feed the um, people that come along, the the, uh, ones that come for free food. And they're always busy. They're, they're out collecting the food, setting up the tables, doing that. And you know, week after week after week, it it, yeah. it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. God notices, but you know, we can take it for granted what people actually do in the churches. Look,
0: I, and Eric, I agree with you totally. I just really want to do a really big shout out to all our volunteers out there because you know, I've had a, a a lifetime of ministry. Now it's hard to hard to actually say that, but a lifetime of ministry and church after church that I've had the privilege to minister to has actually been run and has been developed by volunteers. And, you know, mm-hmm. so often uh, it's actually uh, the people who do quiet things in the background. You know, to me, I've actually shared in some of my, some of my sermons, I've said, hey, uh, two of the most powerful spiritual gifts there are are the spiritual gifts of encouragement, and hospitality. I said, uh, sometimes we actually give far too much credit to those who are the evangelists, who are the preachers, who are the teachers, you know, the people with the public profile. Uh, but when you actually have individuals who welcome other people uh, into the church, I believe some of the great, greatest spiritual gifts are in fact those gifts of hospitality, and encouragement, and uh, I just really encourage all of our, our our volunteers. I'm going to say a really big thank you to for all that you do, uh, because it is recognised, and uh, I, I'm conscious that churches are grown uh, because of uh, your efforts. And the Christian Church wouldn't function properly if it
1: wasn't without those, you know, the volunteers, the people within the church who do so much, Indeed. and the pastors must really appreciate because it takes a load off them on many aspects of. Some of this oh. freeze them up to evangelize
0: oh yeah yeah and, and look even mm. our faith FM here you know yes. we have got so many mm. people yeah. I mean even yourself I mean you're retired this isn't part of your paid employment you come here simply because you enjoy you enjoy our company that's true <laughs> I got to see your smiling face there but
1: I tell you something when I've come
0: here uh,
1: and they're recording for the um, for the living ministry through television I see the young people in behind the cameras and doing stuff it's so encouraging to see people given of their time, young and old. We're all in this together. That's so
0: encouraging. And for those of you who may not know what Eric's actually speaking about there, uh, our studio here in in Adelaide, we have a radio studio, but we also have uh, a small uh, television uh, studio where we record video content. I actually uh, record uh, a program called Big Picture, uh, and this is uh, our Bible study, our Sabbath school Bible study. Every week, just in ten minutes, and uh, I uh, I share on that every single single week. But the thing, the point that you're making that I think is so powerful is the sheer number of volunteers that are behind the scenes. And you, to me, it really encourages me when I come to our Living Ministry Media Studio here, and we have uh, young people that generally, well, some of them as young as twelve and thirteen, yeah. doing their bit and uh, Uh, you've got a senior young people in their, in their twenties running all the technology. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't even have a Facebook account. I don't even know how to run Facebook. Now, how that's bad, isn't it? Um, and yet, uh, our young people are able to empower an amazing ministry. I just want to say a really big thank you to our to our volunteers out there, to our young people. It's just so rewarding and the fruit is just so powerful. Mm. Yeah. Yes,
1: and you know, uh, the fa- the thing is is that, uh, you know, when you see a program uh, on television and, and even the radio station, you don't know who's put the program together and all this work that's going on is unnoticed. It's a presenter at the front that does get a lot of the attention. Indeed. But, but it's wonderful to see the young people People working in with the older people, indeed. and I think that's indeed. the key to yeah, to yeah. a Christian life.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, let me just come to our um, to our World Watcher segment today. I picked up on ABC uh, News here in here in Aussie um, a uh, the record of a of a man who had recently passed away, and his story was just so inspirational that I, I thought, well, I do need to share this. Uh, Eddie Jacko, Holocaust survivor, who called himself the happiest man on earth has just died just in the past week, aged 101. Holocaust survivor Eddie Jacku, who described himself as the happiest man on earth, has died aged 101. The Sydney Jewish Museum, where Mr Jacku still worked as a volunteer, said his passing left a huge void in the hearts of everyone there. Eddie's impact will be felt for generations to come, said a message posted on social media. He was born in uh, Germany under the Nazis and went to Balkenwald concentration camp and later to Orchwich where his parents were murdered in the gas chambers. Having narrowly survived, he moved to Australia in the 1950s where he dedicated his life to teaching others about the dangers of uh, intolerance. This is my message as long as I live. I'll teach not to hate he wrote in his autobiography, published just last year, uh, to mark his 100th birthday. Mr. Jacker uh, said he was the happiest man, despite the horrors he had witnessed in the concentration camps. Life is what you want it to be. Life is in your hands, he said. You know, happiness doesn't fall from the skies. Uh, it's in your hands. You want to be happy? You can be happy. Now, this is rather radical um, statements. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg said Australia had lost a giant. He's dedic- he dedicated his life to educating others about the dangers of intolerance and the importance uh, of uh, hope, he said in a post on social media. May his story be told for generations to come. The New South Wales Jewish Board of Deputies said he had been a beacon of light and hope. He will always be remembered for the joy that followed him and his constant resilience in the face of advers- adversity, the board wrote. Uh, the world is a little less bright without him in it. He will all, We will always treasure memories and stories that we were privileged to have heard. His memoir, called The Happiest Man on Earth, chronicled his extraordinary tale of survival. He described how towards the end of the war, Eddie who escaped a death march from Orchwich and shed and hid in a cave in a forest where he survived by eating slugs and snails. Eventually, he managed to crawl to a highway where he was rescued by American soldiers. It was then that he decided that the best revenge would be to live and enjoy life. He later married and went on to become a father and grandfather. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said Mr Jackow's life had been an inspiration and a joy. Eddie chose to make his life a testimony of hope and love, of how love can triumph over despair and hate, Mr Morrison said. In a face, in in a Facebook post. Now, Eric, you know, to me, this is a remarkable statement. Of, I mean, I, I certainly have never, I wasn't aware of uh, of this particular gentleman. But this story, this obituary, is just so powerful. Now, Eric, you're a you're one of those people that I would describe as happy and outgoing. Um, now, you know, I mean, uh, people enjoy. Being in your presence now, to me, I, I look at uh, look at Eddie, this story of Eddie Jacker, and I just say, "Hey, how is it possible, given that he started his life in the horrors of the concentration camps?"
1: It's an amazing story, isn't it? You know, when you read this, you think, "Wow, what what this guy's been through." Uh, seeing his parents murdered and, and going through what he did, you'd think he'd be one that would be quite bitter in, in his life. But you know, he made a choice. He said there, he made a choice not to, um, to actually, uh, not to be revengeful, but to choose to be, and uh, live a happy life and concentrate on the good things of life. I think that's the key, you know. I think that whatever happens to us, we can either keep that on our mind. And I mean, you just can't, it's not, it's not like a tap where you can turn it off and on your feelings. Yeah. But he's learnt here to look at the positiveness and the things around him. And I think that's the key. You know, so God blesses us with so many blessings, but there's so much. We live in a world that's so hateful and things are happening. Yet if we just can tap into into a, a source that gives us love and hope. And to him, being happy was a big thing. It changed him. It, it, he could have been bitter. He could have lived a life of staying away from everybody because of what happened to him. But he chose to, and to live the life the way he did. And the more happy he did, as he shared that happiness, people responded to him.
0: Yeah. What a wonderful yeah. story! Yeah, this is a. I really appreciated being able to read. I picked it mm. up uh, certainly on one of the one of the news sites, um, you know. But to me, the thing that really stood out to me is that uh, this gentleman uh, didn't allow a significant negative event mm. to define his life. And I, I am so conscious that you know, most people in their life, if they live long enough, will face some negative events. Mm. Oh, look, I,
1: I work amongst people all the time that, you know, I don't know how I would handle what they're going through with family and, and things happening to them. Uh, it, it's shocking, uh, some of the things that happen out there. Uh, but yet, when we come together as a Christian group, they start to smile and laugh because they get an encouragement from others. And yeah. I believe that this is what this man did. Yeah. By sharing that and encouraging others, and That and it actually helped help heal them. Yeah. And I think that's the key for all of us, isn't it? That yeah. we have we still have yeah. to live on. But by sharing and and enjoying that company and, and growing, then the happiness being at peace in our soul is what I'm trying to say here Yeah. and Christ does give us that peace but you know what, what's the alternative when we can be sad and grumpy the rest of our lives or do what this man did yeah. what a wonderful yeah. testimony yeah.
0: I know I, I I had one time I had the privilege of being able to minister to an indigenous lady in my I passed a church at that time out in the western districts of Queensland love uh, Queensland I was out at uh, I was based at Roma but I went as far, far west as, as Quilpie and part of my uh, western Western uh, districts uh, was an Indigenous lady. I didn't. I would try to visit her as regularly as I possibly could. Uh, but you know, the thing that really stood out to me is that uh, she certainly had stories that would make you weep. Mm-hmm. And yet, week by week, uh, when we had opportunity, and most uh, most weeks we did actually um, have uh, have small gatherings. We'd actually open it up for people to be able to share their own personal stories. And you know the uh, this lady we knew what she was struggling with but she always had something positive to be able to contribute to the uh, to the discussion. And to me, it was such an incredible witness. Uh, and and this uh, this gentleman as well. I, I look at this and I, I take my hat off uh, off to him because he hasn't allowed. He's taken a choice so that he hasn't allowed a significant, a very significant negative event to actually define his his life. Uh, you know, in, in Christianity, I think we would actually say, hey, this is the importance of uh, being able uh, to forgive. Is that possible? Yeah. Is that possible?
1: Well, that's what uh, I, I read through this, that through all that, you know, he didn't have the bitterness of what had happened to him. I mean, some of those events that you read out here are absolutely mind-boggling and, uh, you know, really 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 hit you hard but obviously he'd managed to put that aside and forgiveness is a huge part because if you don't forgive these these things that happen to us can become like cancer and eat us away and make us sad and tired but no he you know if you see the post that i've got in front of me he's got a beautiful smile on his face and that reveals that he's at peace he's Mm. at peace with
0: himself Thank you so much for that Eric Look let's come to some music This is uh, Wendell Kimborough And uh, this is the song I'm making uh, All Things New when
2: I saw the heavens over Things were past. And I heard my Savior singing, I have come for you at last. I will wipe away death's sorrow. You will no more cry or grieve. To the thirsty, I give healing. From the spring of life, come dream. will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation home For behold, I am making all things new Write this down I'm everywhere.
0: That was uh, a very beautiful uh, song, Wendell Kimborough, I'm making all things anew. And uh, now, folks, we do have for you a uh, uh, a giveaway, a book today. This is uh, uh, this is free to uh, to you. All you need to do is to uh, text us uh, here at the the studio. Our giveaway book for this uh, for this week is entitled Spirit Baptism. And abiding in Christ. What does it actually mean? Has your Christian experience been all that you hoped it would be? In this book the biblical teaching of what it means to abide in Christ and his abiding in the believer is presented. Many Christians who sincerely want to obey Christ in all things fail again and again. Uh, not because of not because of Not wanting to, but because of not understanding this marvellous truth. When Christ abides in the believer and he knows how to let Christ manifest his life in and through him, besetting sins can be overcome. And their walk, the individual's walk with the Lord, will become one of continual victory. I love this uh, this particular book. It's entitled Abiding in Christ. How do I abide in Christ? Yes, I know how to accept Christ, but what does it mean to actually abide in Christ? Now look, if you would like this particular book, uh, all you need to do is to text us uh here at uh, our drive time text number. Now our drive time text number is 0488 eight oh eight eleven. That number again is O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. And uh, all you need to do is to uh give us the uh uh give us the code and the code is SA twenty one. Now no gap between that. Uh you don't need to put anything else in there, just SA twenty one and uh, our robot, uh, our bot, uh, will contact you. He's a super-friendly bot, and uh, he'll uh, contact you and ask for uh, the details that uh, he needs uh, to be able to send uh, this uh, this book to you. So that, again, is SA21, and just text that uh, code uh, to 0488880811, and we'll send you the book, Spirit Baptism and Abiding in Christ. And now you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday we asked, what's wrong with me? Why do I react the way that I do? Why do I blow off steam so easily? today we 're asking what did Christ mean? You must be born again? Now this is a really big question it 's got uh, so much uh, in uh, in this particular passage in fact there's an entire uh, chapter of the Bible that 's dedicated to this particular question now Eric. Lead us, lead us through this. I mean, this is uh, John chapter three, as I understand it, is where the story of Nicodemus is actually shared. But what is this issue of what does it mean to uh, say you must be born again?
1: Well, Pastor Gary, we must look at uh, Jesus' words on this. We, we do have to go to John 3 because uh, Jesus replied to uh, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, and uh, as uh, Nicodemus uh, asked Jesus a question, about to, uh, how could Jesus perform these signs. And we well, let's have a look at it. It's uh, found in John, uh, and it's uh, verses 1 through. It says, uh, John 3, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, but no one could perform the signs that you were doing if God not were not with him. This is an amazing thing to happen here. And as you research this and study this, for Nicodemus wasn't just a run-of-the-mill, uh, a Jewish person in those days. Uh, he was one of the three most uh, wealthiest and most powerful families living at the time. It's been recorded that his wealth was was great, and he was a, a, a really a really strong teacher, um, he belonged as it says here to the Pharisees, and uh, um, they sat and um, and judged uh, a lot of israel on on what they did on Sabbath. they looked at the law, their main feature was uh, concentrated on on the Torah uh, talking about the law, and not only was he part of the um, uh, the f- Pharisees, but he was also a member of the Jew- Jewish ruling council known as the Sanhedrin. And this had a membership of, of 71 members. It was actually like the greater Sanhedrin. He was right up with the elite, he was right up there. And, uh, it, it's similar today as, uh, say, you know, you've got a prominent religious leader who was also a United States senator. Mm. This is how powerful this man was. And it amazes me that he comes up to Jesus at night and he refers to him as rabbi, which is the greatest respect that you are a great teacher. And you know, when you study to where the, what the Pharisees think, because Jesus what did he call them, the Pharisees? He often called them hypocrites.
0: Yeah, this is the, this is really the equivalent, isn't it, of the archbishop you know, coming coming to yeah. Christ by night, you know, does yeah. it by night because, hey, I don't want to be recognised, I don't want to be seen talking to this obscure a teacher who's come out of the backwaters.
1: And I think this is such an important thing, that the Bible records that it was at night, that he didn't want to be seen uh, he didn't want to be seen because it could affect his, uh, his influence, it could infect uh, his um, position in life. So he, he sneaks out in the dark, doesn't come during the, and he would have had to go across the town to a part of town that he probably wouldn't ever set foot in. Yeah. That he was always with the council members. This is what we're talking about. He was going down into the ghettos, if you like, because Jesus was uh, with the fishermen and uh, you know those that were his disciples, a lot came yeah. from there. So these were people he generally didn't mix with. But Something drew him. Something drew him there. Even with all his knowledge uh, that he thought that, you know, being a Jew, that he was already in the kingdom. Mm. uh, And he had studied it so much. There was something that Jesus, obviously, had listened to Jesus because these words of Jesus had affected him to bring him from thinking, well, I've got to know more. I've got to, I've got to approach this man and, and just see what's going on. There's something not right here in, in the way I'm living my life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that is so true. You've summed that up so perfectly. I can sort of see this. I mean, he's trying, you know, the embarrassment that could have come to him if he had gone to Jesus by day. He tries to, you know, people today do things by night because they don't want to be seen uh, doing certain things uh, in the middle of the day but here we've got Nicodemus doing exactly the same thing but you know this says something to me about his heart as well uh, the sheer fact that he is prepared to seek out Jesus, everyone, nobody else would. the the, uh, the the leadership of the the Jewish nation at that time certainly would not have sought him out by day or by night. Um, but Nicodemus recognised something in Jesus that just he had to dig into at a greater depth. And he was part of a group that were planning to kill
1: him. We've got to realise that that in yeah. the background the Pharisees were were pl- planning to to. Uh, to destroy Jesus to take him down and he must have heard the comments of why why Jesus you know he was from the devil he couldn't have come from Mm. this place because the Messiah is not going to come through this way and it must have really affected him in the fact that he he wasn't sitting comfortable his conscience was telling him itself no I've seen this man do so much good that what they're saying doesn't gel up with with what's happening here. I've got to know more, yeah. even with all the script the scriptures that he had and the understanding. I mean, he had been obviously brought up and and taught in the best schools of the day,
0: and yet he was troubled. Isn't that amazing? And, and yet the thing that really stands out to me is Christ's response to him. Hmm. Because if the Archbishop was to come and visit me. I'm not sure that I would open with the statement that Christ opened with in speaking to Nicodemus. What did he say? Well,
1: he says in uh, verse 3, he says, um, Jesus replied to him. Now, let's look at verse 2 because it says he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. Well, that's a big statement. Mm. I mean, if, he wouldn't said that out, you know, because no. then he no. would have been blaspheming. No. He would have been put to death no. probably. So here he says that. So he's actually recognizing that Jesus has come from the Father. For no one could perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus um, it says something that you know is outstanding really for an educated man he said uh, how can someone uh, be born when they are old Nicodemus asked surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born so you know he's looking at that the man our understanding is as human nature as a man but of course he knows that this is impossible he's throwing this back at Jesus to try and get what Jesus is really meaning
0: we know that Jesus is using an analogy here mm. he's not physically saying you must jump back inside your mother's belly mm. uh, what we're talking about here is an analogy that Christ is using and Nicodemus full knew it mm. to me the real challenge however is that what Christ has actually said to Nicodemus is Nicodemus you must be born again. Now, to me, Eric, how does that strike you when um, Christ is saying to a religious leader and a very significant high up religious leader that you must be born again? Well, when you look at Nicodemus's point of view on this, uh, he
1: would have thought that the rebel out there, the heathen, they were all lost. Yeah. And it, he was one of the elite, a part of the family of God. He's already in there. He's a family of God, and he's there by birthright. He's there because of his knowledge of God. And so to hear this, to say that, look, um, you've got to be born again, he, he struggles with this. I mean, you know, he… he it's a thing that really uh, all of us need to question ourselves too on the way we act. Your introduction, when something happens, are we born again when we yeah. act the way we do? Yeah, and so we we very much could be a Nicodemus indeed. And indeed. when we come to him, so he but he's searching, and that's the key. He, he, he's not content. His mind is troubled. He knows that there's something about Jesus with what he said and what he's doing. So Jesus answered, a very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born
0: of the water and the spirit. And, and this is this is so important because I love what you said just a minute ago that Nicodemus is actually searching. Do you know, I love it when a person is searching. You know, from time to time, I actually have people come to me as a as a pastor, and they'll talk to me, and you can tell that they're searching for something better. That is, in fact, the drawing of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't actually recognise that what's occurring when they start searching is the Holy Spirit is actually impacting on their life, drawing them to Himself, and wanting them to ask the big
1: questions. That's right, and I. I think think many times people don't actually understand that why are they why have they come to this prayer meeting why have, has they accepted an invitation a yeah. church when they didn't? They don't actually see the power of that the Spirit is working on them there and then. They've come out of curiosity, if you like. Yeah. Same with Nicodemus. He's come here because something is troubling him. You know, it's, it's interesting that Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing, the washing of rebirth, the water, and renewal mm. of the Holy Spirit. So we have to have the two together. Yeah. The, the washing of the water, the old, we understand baptism as the going under the water, the old self going under. Yeah. Uh, the birth, the death of, with Christ, if you like. Yes. But then being raised up again to a new life when we come up out of that water. Yeah. But with it… We have to have the renewal of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean to you? I'm going to throw you on the spot.
0: Ah, oh, look, look, what look. Uh, this to, to me, this is actually so exciting because what what it is is that Nicodemus uh, was a individual who had uh, was certainly a religious person, but yeah. Christ said to him, "You must be born again." I want to suggest to you that what he's actually lacking is, in fact, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is the Holy Spirit actually changes how a person. Thinks and how they act You know I, I love Philippians chapter 2 uh, Talks about um, uh, Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Now, how does a person have the mind of Jesus in them? Well, it's actually quite simple. The mind of Jesus is actually in an individual when they've actually got the Holy Spirit functioning in their life. The way they think, you know, to me, I'm just so amazed at the way this actually works because when it, when they're cruising down the road and somebody uh, reaches out and uh, blows the horn at them and puts their, their hand out in a particular way, raising a finger or two to them, uh, the, the way that they react to that is actually different. It's possible to not react to that, but it's only possible if in fact a person has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. And you know, that is what Christ is trying to present to this man, Nicodemus. Yeah, yeah and he's saying here too
1: that uh, it's not being born of the flesh. This has nothing to do with mankind. Oh. Nothing of this earth can save us. No law, uh, you know, nothing like that can save us. In fact, um, it says John 3, 6, isn't it? That which is a born of, of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And this is a thing that this is the changing of the heart and mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. This is a complete giving of ourselves, if you like, to him, that when we go down in the waters, we can actually, is it possible, I'm saying, can we go down into the waters and be baptized by the water but not actually receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? You know, I looked at um, Steps to Christ during the week. As, as, this as is well a as, beautiful little book. Yep, as well as Desire of Ages. And there's something here that, that struck me because it made me stop and think. And uh, and it's very an interesting point. It says here in, in Steps to Christ, says, just here is a point on which many err, and hence they fail of receiving the help that Christ decides to give them. They think that they cannot come to Christ unless they first repent, and that repentance prepares for the forgiveness of their sins. It is true that repentance does precede the forgiveness of sins, for it is only the broken and contrite heart That will feel the need of a saviour. But must the sinner wait till he has repented before he can come to Jesus? Is repentance to be made an obstacle between the sinner and the saviour? The Bible does not teach that the sinner must repent before he can heed the invitation of Christ. For it says in Matthew 11, 28 come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you the rest. So what it's saying here is, is that it is Christ calling us. Christ calls Nicodemus. And when we come to him, we can do nothing in our own strength to, for the forgiveness of sins to try and make that right. It is Christ that takes those sins from us. And he is the, the, the thing of repentance. He is the one that through the power of the Holy Spirit that refreshes us and cleanses us through
0: him. Oh, look, that's, that's so Powerful. This is a, this is a powerful story. Look, Eric. Let's uh, let's take a break there. Let's uh, let's come. I love this uh, th- this particular song. Uh, this uh, this song is uh, by Evie Carlson. Uh, a few years old now, but uh, the words are so powerful. Born again. Please enjoy.
1: You may
3: think it. One day I prayed, Jesus, take my sin away And that's when I was born again Let's sing it together Born again, born again there's really been a change in me Born again, just like Jesus said You're from God I really do believe And then Jesus said Nick, you gotta be born
0: That was uh, Evie Evie Carlson. Uh, Born again. What a fantastic uh, song that uh, uh, that really was. I uh, I love that uh, powerful powerful word. I'm so so pleased. Uh, this uh, this work that Christ has done. The appeal that is made uh, to Nicodemus. What what an amazing appeal. What a transformation in life and the way that has repetitiously occurred down through uh, eons since since then. And now, guys, look. We uh, do have our our free giveaway for you. Now, please, um, if you're struggling a little bit with this issue of being born again and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, please, uh, this is the book for you. The book's entitled Spirit Baptism and Abiding in Christ. Uh, Has your Christian experience been all you hoped it would be? Would you like a more powerful spirit? Experience. Would you like to know what it takes to really abide in Jesus Christ? And now, folks, look. If you would like this particular book today, uh, you can uh, request that uh, at o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number again is o four triple eight. 80811, and just text us SA21, no, no gap between the SA and the 21, just SA21, and our friendly robot, uh, he will contact you and uh, get the details off you so that uh, you're able uh, to request, uh, you're able to receive this uh, this particular book. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we're looking at the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. Today we're simply asking, what did Christ mean? You must be born again. Eric, really appreciate everything that you've shared so far. Um, Please, uh, is there more to this wonderful story? Yes, we've only got just a little bit through that chapter,
1: really, haven't we? But I'd uh, just like to, to carry on a little bit with that. It says in verse 7, You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said, how? How can this be? And Jesus came back to him and said, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So what he's saying here, it is the Holy Spirit that changes our lives. It is not the fact that we stand by the law that changes our lives. It's saying that the, the, the Holy Spirit blows into our lives and it changes us from within. It's not a, earthly, a fleshly thing that we can do ourselves, it's actually a heavenly thing, the power of God. You know, that's what we've got to search for, uh, Pastor Gary, is that God has all the power to change our lives, but yet we struggle. I meet people struggle constantly trying to do the right thing, and so I don't understand what's going on. You've got to hand that burden to God, you know?
0: And, and, And I appreciate what you're saying there. You know, so many times I actually hear people say, look, you know, the solution to most of Our problems here on earth uh, is uh, is better education. You know, if in fact a person becomes a better educated person, then they're going to uh, naturally pick up the good education and they're going to run with it and there's going to be a, a change in life. No, there's not. There are so many things that I am, I can be very well educated and know that I should go for a run every morning. But how many runners go running? every single morning uh, if there's something there's something called the change of heart uh, that is actually needed and you know to me uh, there is something that superintends something that's greater than even good education and I suggest to you it's this what Jesus is pointing out here what Jesus is saying is Nicodemus look I need you to change your heart I need to change your mind I need to change the way you think um, when you do that then you will want to do those things which are good and proper and holy and
1: good. Yes, turn away from being conditioned by the world. Receive, if you like, a heart transplant.
0: A heart transplant. Yeah, exactly. that's what we're
1: Then every Christian that is born again has that heart transplant. And what's happened, of course, is that with that, the mind swings into the gear that they allow God then to to do the changes. And of course, Nicodemus was turned upside down. To him, this was a new revelation to him that he that he grasped. Because we find later on there are two more encounters in the Bible of Nicodemus and the second encounter of Nicodemus is in John seven fifty to 52 it says here Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number asked does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he had been doing and they replied are you from Galilee too look into it and you'll find that a prophet does not come from Galilee so here are the, the Pharisees all talking amongst themselves with the multitudes and they're they're, they're talking about Jesus. And here we find Nicodemus standing up about condemning a man without first hearing him to find out what he's talking about. And this is a change, a huge change.
0: In other words, what he's doing is he's publicly mm. defending Jesus yep. at the time of uh, of Jesus being condemned. You know, he's prepared to, and that's a huge change. You know, mm. his heart and his mind has changed. Mm. He's prepared to stand up and defend Jesus Christ.
1: Well, he's not thinking about his reputation at all here. Yeah. Uh, whereas before he was and he came at night, here he's publicly, he's out in the open, he's talking and standing up for Jesus, one of the minority, and he doesn't care what happens to him. He's 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 given his heart to the Lord here. He, he's changed completely. It must have yeah. been a real revelation for those who knew him before. Yeah, the hard-heartedness yeah, of the yeah. law and then this change over sticking up for somebody that you know often they would condemn a man not give him a chance to even speak you know but here he's saying let this man speak what well, we need to hear him we need to hear him out what a change yeah. and then the next one the third one is an encounter with Jesus was in John 19 same chapter same uh, uh, John 38 to 40 it says later Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. So here we have uh, Joseph. He was also a little bit fearful of what other sort of him. Uh, he was accompanied by Nicodemus. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Isn't it interesting that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still throws this little uh, thing in here? And Nicodemus bought a mixture of myrrh and uh, alos, uh, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs what amazes me here that G- there's a tr- is a uh, like a um a moving on in, in Nicodemus's life here he he would come at night he was fearful he heard Jesus words here we see in the second encounter that he actually stands up from in a public place with all his peers all those around him that he knew as friends uh his co-workers if you like and the, and that studied the law and stood up for Jesus and now we find that at the cross he makes that step from holding back and being fearful amongst the crowd. He actually goes to the cross Mm. and he takes Jesus down. Well, isn't that powerful? It just shows you the transformation in a person's life, the power of the Holy Spirit to move somebody from where he was to the stage there, that absolute growth caused by being born of the water but also of the spirit.
3: You know,
0: Eric, this is brand new to me. I, I, I have never thought of this before in this way. To me, what you're sharing is so powerful and so, and so correct. You know, in fact, if you like, you know, with Jesus, he's coming. By night, silently, nobody else sees him then he's uh shares with uh, his uh, his peers because that 's who he 's sharing with in the uh, in the sanhedrin. Mm. but then when he goes to Pilate he 's actually sharing with the non jews mm. uh, you know it's the the circle is getting bigger and bigger. As the Holy Spirit starts to impact his life,
1: yes, and the Romans were, were you know, fearful. They were fearful of the Romans for what they could yeah. do and kill them. The other significant thing too, I think, is that uh, there's a story told too by Josephus, who was a Jewish writer uh, who wrote many things uh, outside of the Bible, in a book called The War of the Jews. He mentions in Nicodemus. Uh, it talks here that uh, I'll read it out. It relates that one day when Rabbi, there was a Rabbi who was writing out of Jerusalem his name was Jonathan he spoke to a poor young beggar woman and discovered that she was Nicodemus's daughter and he recalled that her father had lost her fortune and he was quite mean-hearted, uh, but he had changed. He, he started to give his, a lot of his money away, and this rather confirms our picture of Nicodemus. He did indeed lose his fortune, and his previous mean-spiritedness was radically transformed by his experience of the outgiven life and the love of Jesus. And in that light of that, he gave away all. And the powerful impact of the cross of Christ can likewise banish all careful, calculated meanness from our hearts too, Mm. and concentrate in real generosity. And Uh. this is this is a transformation of Jesus, Mm. only done by the Spirit. How often do we try to do things ourselves? How often do we think we're above somebody else because we go to church on the Sabbath or we give tithe? That's that's nothing to do with you. Must be born again.
0: I love that particular statement. Mm. You must be born again. There's this this call is in the scripture. It call comes to a rich man on this occasion, but you know it, it comes to every single one of us. Mm. Look, Eric, I'm just wondering, I'm conscious that our time is starting to uh, run away from us. Now look, can we just sort of come to just a really practical question? How does a person practically accept Jesus Christ because you know it talks here about you know maybe there's people that might be hearing us right now that have never accepted Jesus Christ that have not yet been born again now if a person wants to accept Christ because uh, when a person is born again they do accept Christ into their life how do they physically go about accepting Jesus Christ into their life? well I, I think there's some scriptures here
1: that cover that um romans 10 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead it says here that you will be saved and it says here in John 1, 13 who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of of man but of god so the, the whole thing is is that we've got to give totally our lives to Christ. We've got to place our trust in him. And the only way you can do that is what Nicodemus did. He studied about Jesus. He knew the law. He knew the, the scriptures inside and out. It wasn't until he met him he met jesus until he met jesus so when we come to jesus we've got to come to jesus we can read about we've got to have that personal relationship with him we got him as a friend we've got to take those words but when he met christ it changed Mm -hmm. and it's the same with us that we can we can read about it but until we have that encounter and that means through prayer prayer is the is the heart and soul of a christian life it is through his word that's where we receive the, the living life but understanding His Word has to go in with the Holy Spirit. We can't just read it as as a flesh reads it,
0: as man yeah, reads it. Yeah. We've got to have the Holy Spirit reading it, and then we change. And and of course, the way that occurs is this: you know, when I come to Christ in prayer, I actually have uh, an amazing gift is given. You know, I, I love uh, in uh, in John's Gospel where John uh, talks and, and he says uh, that uh, the Heavenly Father is more more willing to give good gifts to his children than is an earthly parent to give good gifts to their children. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, when I, when I realized that, I realized that, hey, what we've got here is a very, is a giving God. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a God that wants to, uh, wants to share, who wants to be able to, um, uh who wants to be able to give wonderful gifts to to, to those of us on earth and the, and that gift is identified by John as being the gift of the holy spirit
1: yes And the gift of Christ, the sacrifice, is a free gift. Nothing that you have to earn, nothing that you have to do to earn salvation. And that was the whole key of Nicodemus has pointed out here, Mm. that you've got to be born again. You can't do anything yourself. And the wind will blow where it wants to. You will change through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's so powerful.
0: And, you know, one time, Eric, I I can well remember, I actually uh, was uh, was chatting to a fellow that um, uh, he'd he'd just been baptized when I arrived in the... uh, in the area he had been addicted to heroin that was the drug of choice in in those particular days and uh, he spoke to me and he talked to me and he said uh pastor you'll never believe this but he said i uh, i prayed that the lord would relieve me of this issue of heroin and he did mm-hmm. he said on the day of my baptism he said i lost the desire for that drug. And you know, Eric, when I heard that, I sort of thought, you know, I know that doesn't, doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen in exactly that way. Um, but you know, I've spoken to enough people to be able to say that we actually serve a supernatural God who's able to do supernatural things and change even the human mind. Uh, and you know, to me on that, on that particular occasion, I was, I was, I just went my way rejoicing with all that that young man did actually uh, say to me. And I know that, you know, you've got similar you know, experiences in, in your own life as well.
1: And I think, you know, in the days in which we live, we should not be ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. We should not be ashamed in acclaiming that the power comes from Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is the answer to the world today. We should not hide that. Nicodemus tried to hide that, but yeah. in the end, look at him. How powerful he was! More powerful under the influence of the Holy Spirit and the way he lived his life. He was a happy person, yeah. just
0: like the man. In he other words, about. Jesus Christ can transform lives. And to me, when I, when I realized that, and I've shared that with so many people, uh, the, the question, can he really? Oh, yes, he can. He can. Give him a chance. If you haven't had a chance, look, guys, look, let's come to prayer right now because I'm conscious our time is actually disappearing on us. Look, let's just bow our heads together because I'm conscious there may be some who are listening to us right now who haven't committed their life to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to come to you right now. I want to say thank you for your wonderful gift. Lord, thank you for sending us Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for sending us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, thank you for giving, empowering us. Thank you for promising to change our heart. In our minds, if we ask, Lord, I just want to pray for any individual right now uh, who might be listening to us, who is struggling, saying, "Lord, I want that power. I want that change to occur in my life." Uh, Lord, I just pray that they might raise their hand right exactly where they are. Uh, Lord, and I just ask uh, that indeed your Holy Spirit will touch them, uh, Lord, will empower them, uh, and give them uh, the desire of their heart. I pray, Lord, that you might come in uh, to their life. Lord, I pray that they might recognise, they might receive the power that you give in order to change their life. Lord, thank you for fulfilling your promise, for you have promised that if we ask, you will give to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor David Butcher comes into the driver's seat and I'll be sharing on how does the Holy Spirit impact on my life. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.